When a woman named Laura was only one year old, a family friend put her into a bath with scalding hot water. Laura's mother came in, saw what had happened, and called emergency services. Laura was removed from her birth family and adopted by amazing parents, but she still bears the scars of her burns, even now at 27 years old. Growing up, other children made fun of her. By 15 years old, she had learned to wear pants all the time just to cover her scars and avoid hearing comments about them. She was quiet because she didn't have the confidence to talk to people. Finally, after joining a support group for burn survivors as a young adult, Laura found friends who accepted her for who she was. Laura described the group as a place to show off your burns, tell your stories, and encourage one another. While she has her support group, Laura still faces challenges because of what happened to her so long ago. Scars are something most of us try to hide. They are reminders of our pain. Some people think of scars as memories they want erased, events they wish hadn't occurred. Seeing them brings back memories too painful to live with. And our wounds are not just physical. We all carry scars from past regrets or shame or loss. When Jesus comes to the disciples, they are all suffering from their own wounds of Holy Week. The disciples were with Jesus when he rode into Jerusalem, was questioned and challenged by religious leaders, and as they celebrated the Passover Seder together. Then everything went wrong. They were trying to stay awake while Jesus prayed in the garden, when suddenly soldiers came to arrest Jesus. It was confusing. It was scary. The disciples scattered. For the rest of the night, Jesus was harassed and beaten by guards and soldiers. The next day, he was shuffled between Pilate and Herod, condemned to die by the same crowds who days before had been yelling, Hosanna. Surely the disciples were watching from a distance, afraid to get too close and be condemned to death as well. When Jesus comes to the disciples after his resurrection, they were likely still horrified at themselves for having left their friend and teacher alone. They were still grieving his death and the loss of their hope. Maybe Jesus wasn't the Messiah after all. They've heard of his resurrection, but they aren't quite sure what to make of what Peter and Mary claim they saw. For now, they are still meeting together hiding in a locked room and fearing for their own lives. You saw what they did to Jesus. What if we're next? Suddenly, Jesus appears to them, and again when Thomas is with them too. And both times, Jesus is more than willing to show them the wounds caused by the nails in his hands, the spear in his side, and the thorns in his head. In our text for today, Thomas faced doubt about Jesus' resurrection. Doubting Thomas was suffering from the confusion and grief that was clouding his ability to believe Jesus was really back from the dead. Can we blame him? God created our bodies in such a way that they can tell us things. When we're hungry or thirsty, when we're tired or in pain. So of course, Thomas wants to feel Jesus with his own hands 
see him with his own eyes. Thomas is mourning. He is heartbroken by the crucifixion of his Lord. I too am hesitant to rush into the hope of the resurrection in moments of dark grief and cruel loss. When the disciples proclaim resurrection to Thomas, he is too deeply entwined in his grief. He won't believe it until he sees it. He can't believe it until he sees it. When Jesus appears to Thomas, Jesus doesn't mind showing Thomas his wounded hands and side, just as he did for the other disciples. Jesus doesn't punish Thomas for feeling uncertain. He invites Thomas to reach out and touch his hands and his side. This is done not so much to prove to Thomas that he has come back to life. Rather, it's an act of compassion and comfort and reassurance for his grieving and bewildered friend. These wounds that Jesus shows Thomas are reminders that Jesus is God with us in human form. Even in resurrection, Jesus retains this memory of his humanity, this solidarity with us. To put it another way, the pain of humanity became the pain of God. Thomas wanted not just confirmation of Jesus' rising, but evidence of his suffering. Jesus is with us in our suffering, and he is with us in our rising, in our healing. So Jesus shows his wounds to Thomas and the others and says, peace be with you. Peace. The wounds are a sign of peace, of healing, of moving forward from the hurt. The disability activist Stephanie Tate writes, the perfect savior of the world, in all the glory of having conquered death, and with all the fullness of his power and being fully God, also had a body that was not physically healed of all its wounds. She goes on, that suggests two powerful things to me as a disabled woman. First, that I am a true reflection of the image of God, not despite my disabilities, but through my disabilities, just as much as any other part of me. That my not being healed doesn't make me less whole. We try so hard to hide our wounds, this proof of our pain and vulnerability. But our Lord and our God also bears wounds from his own pain and vulnerability. And once a wound heals, it becomes a scar. And scars are proof that we survived. We made it through the accident, the loss, the betrayal, the adversity. Resurrection doesn't mean you wake up without scars. Reflecting on the wounds her congregation has suffered because of the pandemic, Pastor Nadia Bowles-Weber said it this way, Resurrection isn't reversal. As we return to life, we are carrying our own wounds from loss and isolation. But we are also emerging with new beauty and new wisdom. We are not who we were, but we get to discover who we are. The wounds in Jesus' body are a sign he has made it through the unthinkable, 
our wounds are signs that God has not finished with the work of creating and recreating, of healing, of lifting our burdens, of working for the good of those who love him. Jesus did not hide his wounds, but readily showed them to Thomas and the other disciples. Our wounds, too, can be signs of the resurrection to those who are hurting. What freedom Jesus is blessing us with. We don't have to hide the fact that we have suffered. Our pain, our humanity, it's not something to reject or cover up. If Jesus showed us his wounds even after his resurrection, then maybe we can learn to integrate pain and suffering into our lives in a way that frees us from wasting energy spent in denial and shame. Let's not hide the wounds of our own suffering in life. Don't hide your fears, your doubts, your anger, or your grief. Jesus wore his scarves for his Easter best. Dr. Kate Bowler is a historian, a professor, a wife, and mom. And when she was 35, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer. She was told she had a 10% chance to live, and she turns 41 this June. As someone who received loads of pity, advice, judgment, blame, platitudes, and everything in between, Kate knows how hard we find it to get close to suffering, to just sit with it and let it be without trying to explain it or fix it. In the introduction to a podcast she hosts, she says, it's okay that life isn't always getting better. We can have beauty and meaning, community and love, and we will need each other if we're going to tell the truth. Life is a chronic condition, and there's no cure for being human. Jesus invites us to get close to the wounds of the world. His scars are evidence death did not win. Rather, God is still at work, healing us and bringing life out of death, joy out of sorrow. I want to close with one more word from Kate Bowler. She said, we bear all the ruins of the lives we've lived and the loves we've endured. What a gift to have a savior who does the same. Thanks be to God. Amen.